Welcome to Solomon's Knot, finding truth and wisdom in an information age. Today's guest is Noble Larocco Masi, a local evangelist, church planner, and experienced campus minister. Him and his team joined Fort Campus on a recent outreach day. We're going to discuss what happened on that event, including various ways in which we can engage students, present the gospel, and even reproduce disciples, whether at a college campus or in your community or church near you. For more information about getting connected, please check out the new community page on our website. Here you'll find invaluable tools and resources to equip you on your journey. We want to thank all the volunteers who showed up to be a part of this recent evangelistic experience. We plan to do at least one or two more over the summer and fall, so make sure to stay tuned for more updates on that. Now, without further delay, let's get to our guest. So can you just introduce us, tell us a little bit about you, uh, maybe the ministry that you're in, Lighthouse, church planning, even ways we can equip and help the local church, the campus minister, and the students as well to help aid them in walking out an identity in Jesus, or even maybe just uh, your own story. And we'll talk about Outreach Day and what happened there and maybe some shares and some other things about that. Sounds good. uh, Yeah. Tell us a little bit about yourself, how you came to uh, the college campus, and uh, maybe just some of the things, your background with campus ministry and where you see the the trend or maybe the future going in terms of like the kingdom and equipping uh, the church and so on and so on. Yeah. So a little bit about my story. I came into college in 2015. And I left in 2019. I spent four years at the George Washington University in the District of Columbia. I had been exposed to college ministry uh, through my local church growing up, but it wasn't until I really got into college that I understood what it was. Uh, The campus was just full of students, uh, full of students who are living a very different type of lifestyle than their adult uh, counterparts uh, just a few years later and after college. I, when I got to college, I joined every campus ministry I could find. And I tried them all out and uh, they were interesting. The first one I joined was uh, a parachurch organization. It worked beside the churches, even though the churches were uh, peripherally involved with the ministry they were doing. Oftentimes local pastors would come and speak at, on the college campus. Um, I found that edifying and interesting, and I was very happy to learn about the different churches in D.C. and and in my area where I was living. Um, I also joined a ministry that was based out of a church. And then thirdly, I joined a ministry that was both based out of a church and a parachurch as a hybrid. And that was the most interesting thing that I was a part of. I quickly found that um, involvement in the local church was a very important part of Christian living. And I started to realize that I couldn't just be involved in a campus ministry, but I had to get to know people at church. In order to do that, I had to join a church. And um, at the church I was at, membership was very important for being a part of the community of the church so that the pastors knew that they were responsible for caring for your soul. So I became a member of a church and I had a great time getting to know people there and Um, It was quite a large church, a church that I knew I would never actually get to know everyone there, but I still tried anyway. And then I began to grow through college ministry, and I learned different skills. I learned how to disciple others. I joined a discipleship group where I was being poured into, and I learned um, how to love other people better through the love I saw in other saints' lives. And as I did that, um, I was aided by a special training program in the summer uh, called Summer Beach Project. Um, And these summer projects where we went and lived at the beach uh, allowed us to devote a lot of time to not only living our lives, but learning how to steward our money, learning how to steward our lives, our talents, also learning how to study the Bible and to pray and to share the gospel, and also to fellowship with 
the church. And so we learned all of these things in the summer, and then we took the skills that we learned and applied them in our real lives on campus. And then one day I graduated college. All of a sudden I was on the outside and I was just a normal Christian living in uh, the world. There were no special programs anymore. There was no peers following Christ with me, uh, but I was following Christ on my own. And um, I got kind of bored. <laughs> uh, I would spend long periods of time reading the Bible in my car, sitting in at night in the parking lot at Food Lion, uh, just by myself. Um, I had lots of friends, but they were really in other places than where I lived. And I started to have an idea. What if I got together and with some brothers and sisters that I could find and did a prayer meeting? And after we did this prayer meeting, we wanted to continue to pray and we wanted to pray for the nations and pray for world evangelization and also pray for unreached people groups and the gospel to go forth in places where it's never been before. After we did this for a few months, I learned that some of my friends wanted to move in to the house where I was living at. So we moved them in and then we started a Bible study and a worship night. And we rolled these things into one so that we had worship, the Bible, and prayer at a meeting once a week. And of course it needed a name. So we decided to name the house um, because all the houses I'd ever been a part of had funny names um, like the swamp or the tent. Um, but we wanted to name it something and we finally landed on the name The Lighthouse because we wanted our house to be a light into our community. We wanted to be able to invite the community in uh, and share the light of Christ. Sounds good. Can you tell me why it's important for young people to know the Lord and maybe have accountability in their lives, uh, have some purpose to their lives that maybe transcends what they see in the natural or maybe what they're experiencing in their day-to-day -day life? Like, Why is it important to have a relationship with Jesus and um, where do they go to start that relationship? Yeah, you can go to Jesus to find who he is. And what I mean by that is you can meet the Lord in the scriptures, open up your Bible and learn about who he is, but also look for Jesus in the lives of other people who are following after him. You'll know someone who's following Jesus by their fruit. Their fruit of uh, the fruit of their life should look like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. People like that are Christians and you'll find them in churches. There's lots of people who say they're Christians. They're not really living out joy and peace and self-control. Uh, yeah, avoid those people. I look for people who are, are bearing fruit and spend more time with them. Look for people in your church. If you don't have a church, uh, find a church. There's a great website called www.9marks.org that's able to help you find a church if you don't have one at all. Starting to follow Jesus is actually really easy. Um, you can look up the Word of God online. You can find the Bible at biblehub.com or just any website. And you can just start reading it. Go on there and click around. Run through passages. Read the Gospel of Mark, the Gospel of John, or Matthew. Right? Find out about the life of Jesus. Being a Christian is first about following after Jesus. It says in Matthew 28:16, he assembled the disciples on top of a mountain, and he gave them some final instructions, and he said, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the earth. What this means is that we're able to make disciples of all nations, which means every color, creed, and type of person on earth, and make them disciples who obey 
So we don't just tell people about Jesus, but we teach them what it means to obey Jesus. In order to do that, it takes time and exposure to the Bible and to uh, other Christians. So starting discipleship groups and also entering into discipleship is the best way to get more discipleship. Um, or in other words, to learn how to obey Jesus. Did you know that the New Testament is full of commands? It's full of commands for Christians to obey and follow. We can actually live out those commands, uh, not just going to church, not just uh, tithing money, giving your 10% to the church. Um, in fact, going to church and tithing 10% are two things not commanded in the Bible. <laughs> um, however, I think they're very important. I think you should do them. Okay, but those are not the commands of Christ. We should also do the commands of Christ as uh, the first things that we're doing, which are to be making disciples. Now, when it comes to the lighthouse, we have a meeting every week where we teach people how to follow Jesus. All right, we ourselves are not necessarily a house church. We're members of other churches, but we come together to encourage one another and to worship together and to show people uh, how to follow Jesus. Something that all churches should be doing. Um, churches do do these things in discipleship groups and small groups. Um, we're just another group of people who want to see Jesus glorified in our community. And we're on the same team as all people who want to see Jesus glorified in their community. That's excellent. Um, let's maybe shift gears and I want to kind of circle back. Let's talk about Outreach Day. We just recently kicked off our first outreach day to NC State. Can you tell a little bit about what your experience was like that day? Um, give people like an idea of what you saw, what was the event, and then uh, maybe some testimonies or some things that uh, I will just go from there. How about that? Yeah. So the college campus is the place where the free exchange of ideas is supposed to be encouraged. It isn't always, but entering onto a college campus and meeting people is um, something you can do with other Christians. And we were able to do that uh, recently during Outreach Day. We gathered as a team and we uh, got in pairs of two and we went out. We met people who wanted to talk to us. We might imagine that college students are too busy to talk to random people, but to tell you the truth, when you're in college, you actually have more free time than you ever will in your entire life. <laughs> so um, most people are free to interact and engage. And um, we met several people who really just enjoyed talking to us. I went with a brother and we went up to a kid who was working on his computer and we just started talking to him and he was very nice. He greeted us and I asked him if he had ever heard of the three circles diagram, uh, which is a tool that is for sharing the gospel, a resource I think made by No Place Left, but uh, enables you to share the gospel. This student who was diligently doing his work, uh, he said, yes, I have heard of the uh, three circles diagram. And I thought that was funny that he had heard of it and he was sincere and he spoke to us and we discovered that he actually was a believer. He was following after Jesus. We were so encouraged by meeting another believer um, while we were doing evangelism and uh, we prayed for him. Uh, we made sure to bring a little bit of the word of God in prayer into our encounter with him because every time we bring the word of God in prayer, we are bringing in the kingdom of God. We encountered a student soon after that uh, who was sitting by himself eating a breakfast sandwich, kind of staring off into the window. And I went up to him and I said, hey, how's it going? And he was like, hey, how's it going? And he greeted us cheerfully and we shared the, the gospel sharing tool with him. And he had some real questions. He wanted to know why bad things were happening in the world if God is good. And we explained how, in fact, um, 
it's not that surprising that bad things happen because the world is full of sin. Uh, it's, it's broken and there's sin in our own hearts. In fact, the more surprising thing is why do good things happen at all in the world of people with sin in their hearts and, and who have evil in their hearts. And we explained to him how this worked and he received our answer well and he thought it was very good. And we, he said that he was having trouble following after Christ in college because very few people around him wanted to follow Christ. You know, when you're a student, being by yourself or being surrounded by people who do not want to follow Christ is very difficult, but it's something that is easily solvable by joining up with a group of other people who are trying to follow Christ. It says in 2 Timothy 2.22, to pursue faith, love, holiness, steadfastness, along with all those who call upon the Lord from a pure heart. So we can gather our squad up, our crew up, and we can follow after the Lord together. And when you're a student, doing that is probably the first and most important thing you should do uh, when making friends and when trying to socialize in the college world. Of course, make friends with everyone you know, along the way, but um, get your firm foundation secure before you try to expand out from there. Uh, people uh, responded to that mainly in listening to us and letting us pray for them and hearing what we said. And I pray that it would be bearing fruit even today um, in their lives and that those encounters are something they would remember. I'll tell you the truth. The more people you meet, the less you remember each individual encounter. However, each individual encounter is something that the person you meet will remember for the rest of their life, right? And so you never know the impact that you're actually having. The true fruit that you're bearing from going out and sharing the gospel is something that you'll never see in this lifetime. But you can be assured it has eternal ramifications. Yeah, that's really important. Uh, it sounds like being in community while walking out that relationship and then being a light to other people, how powerful that is, especially when you're intentional about inviting people into that sacred space, that relationship. Um, I, I want to talk about a student we recently engaged at. Um, it was a, one of the partners we had for Miracles and Atheists. We interviewed uh, previously. We, we had a live event that we'd set up on the campus. And uh, if you guys get a chance, uh, I'll put a link in the show notes. But basically, uh, there was a man who had a testimony and talked about his encounter with Jesus and going into hell and seeing vividly things that um, really shook him. And yeah, that's a powerful testimony um, for people. And we actually, the point is, is um, this young student came up, this young man, you know, we, we talked, we engaged in the live show and um, he actually agreed to follow up. And I think he grew up Catholic, uh, wasn't really following, but he was really excited about the whole outreach thing we were doing then. I met him once during the week, just like as a follow-up talked about scripture, talked about life. And I could tell he wasn't following. He was just kind of figuring out what that looked like. And he felt a little convicted, like he probably, you know, needed to go to church or like, you know, get in a relationship. And we'll talk about that in a little bit, but he actually showed up and he walked with us. He wanted to take the mic and like go and engage with another student. And after he had interviewed, I was like, I'm, I'm just curious, what did you think um, based on his questions and like the way he carried himself that he was a believer? He's like, oh yeah, man, hundred percent. Like, and I was like, he actually wasn't really following at all up until like a week ago and he's figuring out what that looks like now and it's just incredible how we kind of make this more complicated than what it's supposed to be like making disciples equipping and training um how fruitful do you think it is to invite people while you're in the field or like while you're on mission uh, versus getting them through the church you know training them up getting them some counsel um what do you say to the church in terms of discipleship or maybe missions or evangelism, something. What do you say to the minister? And then what do you say to the student or person that's searching but hasn't found that personal encounter? So the church, the minister, and then the, the student or the person that's seeking. 
Um, discipleship in the church is something that technically every church is engaging with. The discipleship mainly takes place from the pulpit. The pastor preaching is discipling the people who are listening, whether that's in person or even over the internet. Also, the music is discipling us. It says in Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell within you richly, admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Uh, we are letting the word of Christ enter into our minds and mull around in there as we meditate on it. All of these things are discipleship. However, oftentimes one thing that is overlooked in discipleship is discipling obedience. Like it said in the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 16, we are not just to disciple people with the gospel, but we're supposed to teach them gospel obedience. Or in other words, how does the gospel change the way that we live after it changes our worldview and beliefs and values? It's going to affect our behavior. While we disciple others, we must also look at how to model discipleship and how to model obedience in Christ. We can't really teach people things that we're not doing ourselves. That's why, for instance, it says in 2 Timothy 4, do the work of an evangelist. So the pastor has to do the work of an evangelist if the congregation is going to be doing evangelism. So my word to the pastor would be, uh, are you modeling evangelism? Are you modeling leading discipleship groups, uh, smaller groups with men or women with women? Are you modeling discipling men in your church and uh, meeting up with them and growing up leaders in a way that is very intentional, in a way that shows that you are meeting up with and value them? And that obedience is just best learned in a smaller group than the entire church, usually. For instance, one thing that we're doing at the Lighthouse is we teach people discipleship sharing tools and also discipling tools in order to teach people what it means to follow Jesus. The tools are simply reproducible diagrams that are based on Bible verses or explain a Bible verse concept using a picture something that's easy to remember, easy to track with, and not leave out any parts. When you do this, you can quickly spread an idea to other people, and you also know what are the things that you're supposed to be teaching them because you have a list in your mind. Types of discipleship like this are known to spread very swiftly and to multiply. Um, it's been the case in many different countries recently, in China, Indonesia, and now also in America as types of these discipling movements are sweeping across the southeast and other parts of the united states i pray that discipleship will reach every corner of the united states and every church institution now i speak to the church member as a church member you have the power to disciple others you don't need any special calling you are able to disciple others as long as you are being discipled yourself <laughs> and following after Christ and growing in your faith. You're able to teach other people something. Um, at least you know Christ and you can share others with uh, how to follow Christ, um, at least what you've learned so far. You can start discipleship groups at work, in your home, um, and you can even start worship meetings in your home. Um, and that's what Lighthouse is about, for example. We use um, resources and sharing tools from the navigators, uh, sharing tools from No Place Left. You can find both of those on the internet and download uh, diagrams and pictures that you can learn yourself and teach others. They're great tools that are available online. There's also videos that you can watch to learn how to share these tools. Those are things you can do. And then finally, I'd say to the person who isn't following Christ or to the person who desires to follow Christ more, but maybe hasn't really had an experience where they're sure that they are following Christ, or maybe they just have questions about that. I'd encourage you to find someone to disciple you seek out discipleship groups, seek out other believers on the college campus or just around you who are interested in growing in their faith 
and do that with them. You can find excellent sermons online if you have absolutely nothing. Or maybe you're trapped in a religious system where you aren't allowed to freely go and join a church or join a discipleship group. There's information and resources online that can help you grow even without other people. But I encourage you to quickly find people who are near you and who can be involved in your life. Really just to kind of close out the the conversation, I definitely hear a lot of themes on discipleship, on uh, just being grounded in faith. And then obviously there's a point at which we're commanded to make disciples and to engage in, in the culture. And I think the last piece I'd probably hit on is in the culture. Um, what, what piece of advice or wisdom or scripture, just practical knowledge, what do you want to say? Uh, the culture that we live in is uh, increasingly distracting. Our social lives and relationships are more and more online. Uh, in the midst of that, I'd encourage you to find people in real life that you can be in community with. Turn off distractions, spend time with believers, and also look to your neighbors. The people around you uh, less and less have real friends. Uh, you're able to be a real friend to them. Pick a few people, just a few, and go deep with them. Spend time with them, pray for them. Make a prayer list that you pray more than once a day. It doesn't have to be long. A short prayer list prayed a few times a day will outmaneuver and outpace a long prayer, prayer list that you don't really pray. Um, so focus in on what you're doing. Have a sober mind. Get away from sexual morality. Get away from substance abuse or alcohol in your own life. And bring those things into the light so that you can walk in the power of God. The knowledge of how to share the gospel, even the best tools, will not really work without the power of God. So strive to have the power of God rest on you. Dwell deeply in his word. The gospel is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. So let your faith inspire faith in others, and then faith will spread like a wildfire. Faith in the blood of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, and faith in the resurrection of Jesus for the deliverance into the eternal kingdom. It's incredible, man. I don't really know what to really add to that. I'm just, thank you for your time. Obviously, how, how can people get connected uh, if they want to reach out to you and find out what you're doing with the lighthouse, maybe even partner with you in that, or just kind of learn more about this movement of house communities and uh, discipleship sweeping the nation and the world at large. Um, you can reach out to me. We're making a website. Uh, you can look up The Lighthouse Sanford. You can find out more about what we do. Also, we're making a YouTube channel, Lighthouse TV, coming soon. You can follow me publicly on any social media handle, at Mission is Agape, A-G-A-P-E, and learn about how the mission is Agape, which means God's love. And uh, connect with me and uh, look up resources online. Find people who are doing something similar in your area. All the hard work is done through prayer. That's all I have to say. That's incredible. Um, you didn't mention this, but uh, can you tell me a little bit more about the lighthouse and what your vision is for that? Like from where it started and where it is now and where you want it to go? Uh, yeah, the vision of the lighthouse is to see people taught how to obey Jesus through discipleship. Now, the real vision of the lighthouse would be to have lighthouses connected to every local church in America and have these churches not just have small groups, but have lighthouses attached to them which are centers of worship, leadership training, evangelism, and fellowship. And not just a group that meets to build up the church, like a small group, but a group that builds up the church, teaches obedience, and is evangelistic at the same time. These lighthouses also have the potential to turn into independent house churches or become sending groups 
for church plants in the future. Uh, the great thing about it is ideally these lighthouses are under the direction and leadership of local pastors, of people who God has appointed to be elders in the local church. But it takes lots of individuals to bring discipleship into the community. So you have the opportunity, whether you're a youth, whether you're in college, a young professional, or whether you're an old professional, <laughs> You have uh, what it takes to start a discipleship movement in your church and community simply by turning and praying for God to raise up laborers for the harvest uh, that is happening around you. That's great, man. What I experienced going into a lighthouse, I walked in, I saw about eight to 10, 20 somethings, a few 30 somethings. We started off you know, usually food and snacks, which is really cool. It's like free, like people show up with whatever. It's encouraged, I'm sure, to bring something. But um, a couple people had guitars. You were playing piano with some modern twists on like some traditional hymns. That was really neat how you kind of blended the old with the new. I think we like worshiped for like 45 minutes which is awesome. That kind of really set the tone. It was like really encouraging to see that people were really jamming out. And then we went into a message, like a, a little bit deeper unpacking a few scriptures. There was um, a really good application as well as just some discussions, some kind of like Socratic feedback there, maybe like a dialogue or exchange with people in the group. And then um, it shifted into prayer and just fellowship. And then from there, it's like people just kind of hung out after some people were playing music uh, and people kind of trickled out as they felt uh, ready. I just thought that that was like really organic and also very intentional. I think maybe something the church could can learn from instead of just getting people in and out in an hour. How about this? Maybe we can follow up with you on a future episode, do a, a deeper exploration of that, how the model could look like and how church is different sizes, different structures can, can embrace that, whether it's a mega church, whether it's a small country church, or maybe uh, individuals who felt called to plant a church and they're like, hey, like start with the lighthouse and grow it and see how that can maybe be more effective depending on what you're trying to do. That sounds like a great idea. And uh, we will have to connect on a future episode. All right. Awesome, Noble. I appreciate it. Uh, guys, we'll drop some info in the show notes uh, as well as some resources for you. And I hope to see you on future outreach day in the college campus and stay tuned for more updates in future releases of Solomon's Not podcast. Thank you for listening to another episode of Solomon's Knot, a production of fourcampus.org and its associated partners. For more information about our guests, including some of the topics discussed in this episode, please check the show notes for links and resources that will help equip you on your journey to knowing God in a more personal and intimate way. Also, if you want to get connected with Noble or some of the other partners of this ministry, whether it's Nick Snap or Miracles and Atheists, please reach out directly through the website at fourcampus.org contact. Lastly, if you haven't already, please drop a five-star review in Apple or Spotify, and make sure to share with a like-minded peer, family member, or even church pastor in your local area. Until next time, this is Jason, signing off. Peace.